You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Hey everyone, I'm super excited to be recording this episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing. We're going to be talking about the five big needle movers for 2021. So how to get an extra 5, 10, 20% conversions, which everybody's always looking for. So let's get right into it. Why is this important? I mean, we get asked, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything that I can. Um, I, I'm doing well. I'm making $250,000 a month, a million dollars a month or whatever number you're making. You're wondering, well, why do I have to do these things? Why do I have to listen to this? Well, ad costs are just increasing. Traffic costs are increasing. When you get somebody's eyes or somebody's attention for 10 seconds or 20 seconds, it's important to try to convert that person to keep yourself competitive and to make sure that you're able to increase your sales by not spending more money. So um, these are quick things that you can do. It's not going to cost you very much money. It's just little tips, uh, little changes. You don't need much tech time. If anything, you could probably implement these yourself as a business owner. If you have somebody who's mildly technical, you can, you know, probably have them do it in a couple of hours. So let's just jump right into a couple of things that I think uh, will definitely add some, some dollars to your bottom line. And uh, I'm always interested if you've implemented any of these, or if you try them out to, to give me some feedback. So uh, feel free to drop me a line on my website, mariasparagas.com or directpainit.com, which is um, my company's website, just to let me know how, you know, how it went when you, you implemented these things. So, I mean, in terms of, you know, the things that we see, um, when I say we, I'm talking about myself and my team at Direct Paynet. Uh, we work with a lot of different high-risk merchants and different verticals, whether it's supplements or adult or info products, dating products, and so forth. So we talk to a lot of different merchants that work in different high-risk arenas. We call them high-risk just because, you know, uh, I guess it's a little bit of a gray area and sometimes the the main payment processors don't work with merchants in these uh, categories. Essentially, we work with a lot of different merchants and we're able to kind of see what works and what doesn't. We have a very unique perspective. We see who's making sales, who's not, uh, and what products are converting. So based on that, uh, essentially, here are five tips and five things that you can do right now to make 2021 better than 2020. I mean, even post pandemic or while we're in the pandemic, I should say, there's still opportunity, there's still buyers, there's still a lot of people who are thriving in this economy. So it's just a matter of of tweaking your funnel and tweaking your current sales process. And you can increase, you know, five, 10% very easily. We have merchants where they've implemented just one small trick, one little thing that we told them to do on their checkout page. And boom, here we go, three, 5% extra at the end of the month. So in terms of some of the the most important ones, I'm going to highlight them right now. One thing is, you know, that we've seen, especially after the year uh, that we've had, not to kind of harp on that, but post-COVID, essentially people are just buying more online. I mean, you know, with lockdowns and people having a hard time getting to stores and, you know, getting what they need, a lot of people are buying online. And that kind of opens up your marketplace, not just to, if if you're in the States, not just to American consumers, but why not sell to Europeans or sell to Asians or sell to Canadians even, you know, there's, there's different markets and these different markets present a unique opportunity because a lot of times non-US traffic uh, on social media sites or even on Google 
or cheaper. So you can essentially make the same money or more and pay less for your visitors. The important thing when you're you're expanding globally uh, or you're you're entering a new market, and it, obviously this is a lot easier for for people or for for merchants who have info products that have you know nothing to to ship outside of the the U.S. But if you have an info product or even if you have something that you can ship outside of the U.S., is to make sure that you're able to let your customers pay in the currency and the payment mode that they want to pay. So for example, if you're in the US and you want to sell to Brits or to Europeans, you know, charging them in US dollars is going to decrease your conversion rates. It's just it's just a, a nature of the beast. Their credit card companies see this as a foreign transaction. They sometimes don't like it because it could be riskier. So just by offering or recognizing when a consumer's from the UK or from somewhere else in Europe or from Canada and offering them that dynamic currency conversion in their local currency, you're going to see an increase of three to 5% guaranteed in that market. Credit card companies are becoming extremely reluctant to let foreign transactions because there's a lot more increase in fraud since COVID started, of course, because of all the online purchases. So Foreign transactions are seen as riskier. And even though, you know, you are perhaps a foreign merchant, just offering that local currency, you're going to see a bump. So contact your payment processor, super easy and say, hey, I need to accept Canadian dollars. I need Australian dollars. I need euros or whatever the case is. And just pop that in your shopping cart, you know, IP recognition when somebody's from the UK, their IPs from the UK, just offer them their pricing in GBP and uh, see your sales increase overnight in that market. So try that out. And, you know, there's, there's other things that you could do that are not just currency related. If you're working with, you know, for example, local US payment processor, um, some payment processors have something called Planet Payment that you can add on. Planet Payment just allows you to accept global payment modes. So for example, in Europe, they might let you accept some of the more obscure debit cards or just, you know, SEPA payments and and different things that Europeans like to transact with. Um, Same thing in Canada, we have Interact Online, we have different types of payment modes and Planet Payment is just something that you can call your US processor. And if they offer it, they can add it on for you. You sign a couple of forms, you pop it into your gateway, you're ready to go. And now you're accepting, you know, uh, 50, 60 different payment modes in the in the different countries. And at the end of the day, you don't need to have a bank account in those currencies. They'll convert it back to USD, pop it into your bank account, just like your regular settlements. So it's, it's really a, a very quick tip. It's, you know, you can get all this done within a couple of hours. It's fast and easy. And if you're already selling to different markets outside of the US, uh, you're just losing, you're leaving money on the table for absolutely no reason. This is a simple thing to implement. So, so do it today. I mean, call your processor today. If you're working with somebody like Stripe, similar, similar thing, you have to make sure that they're offering dynamic currency conversion. And if you're working with Stripe and you're in a high risk arena, it's a really important thing. Like if you're selling supplements or info products or or anything that could be, you know, a little bit gray, uh, it's important to get a backup payment processor because Stripe can be a little bit difficult to work with if you're in a little bit of a gray area market. So my next kind of going to talking about payment modes and and checking out and so forth, your customers checking out is, is your checkout page. You know, testing checkout pages shouldn't be so difficult. Uh, most CRMs and shopping carts will allow you to pop in a couple of different checkout pages, will allow you to, to test, you know, two or three at, at a various point in time. I get merchants asking me all the time, you know, what should I put on my checkout page? How should I design it? 
uh, what colors work, what symbols work, all this stuff. I mean, it's not rocket science, to be honest. It's it's a pretty easy thing and I, I recommend it and it always works. And, you know, the merchants that I work with directly and, and that my team works with are always amazed when they do this. But we just tell merchants to go and copy a checkout page similar to ClickBanks or, or Amazon. Um, these are companies that have tremendous resources and they test all these things all the time. They're they're always testing different colors and different words and, and trust symbols. Trust symbols are kind of like those, you know, those locks or, you know, where it says like uh, encryption or whatever the case is on your checkout page. So they test all this stuff. So just go on there, look at your checkout page, look what they're doing and try to implement as many things as possible f- that they have on their checkout pages. Also, customers like a familiar checkout. You should not try to reinvent the wheel when a customer is checking out. I mean, they they want to know what's coming next, how they're going to pay. Their expectations should be set. So most people are pretty familiar with how Amazon works. So just offering the same experience as Amazon will make your customer feel comfortable and will make him want to continue his purchase and, and finalize his purchase. So something, you know, just as an example, I had a merchant who, you know, who was stumped that he wasn't able to increase its conversions and at his checkout and was wondering, you know, how can, what can I do? What can I do to move the needle by one, two, 3% with small changes? We made a very small change, which was instead of checkout now, we changed it to pay now and we made the button red. That's it. It was 1% overnight. And this is, you know, this is somebody who's doing seven figures a month or more. So 1% for such an insignificant change is huge. And that's just one little change. So it's important when you're copying or you're you're mimicking one of the checkout pages that you look at the, the entire page, even at the bottom of the page, the page footer where it has, you know, the terms and conditions and all that kind of font size six or eight writing. Customers sometimes look at that. So uh, why not try doing the exact same thing that they're used to seeing at big retailers. It's not difficult. Um, just regular designer can do that in, you know, like an hour or so, and you can pop it in and test it versus your current page. And if you see an increase, great. I mean, it didn't really take you much time. And I can almost assure you that a couple of changes will uh, move the needle a couple of percent for sure. Especially if you're using uh, something non-conventional in terms of checkout, it's just really not recommended. When people are buying things and giving you financial information, they want to feel comfortable. They want to feel like my credit card information is not going to be stolen. Uh, This database isn't going to be breached. There's so many stories of customer information just uh, getting hacked and so forth. So you want to make your customer feel confident. So go with familiarity. That's, that's, That's tip number two kind of moving along in terms of checkout pages and tools that you can use is everybody, if you if you have a merchant account, your merchant account is connected to something called a gateway. Uh, and the gateway is basically connected to your shopping cart. So the gateway has a lot of tools and it has a lot of different security measures that you can use. And most merchants don't even bother logging in and seeing what extra features are there or things that you can turn on or off because they feel like people don't know what these that these tools exist so they're usually ignored i mean it's 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 as simple as that they're just ignored and these are usually things that you're already paying for they're included in your service uh, with your merchant account provider so why not use them or take a look at them and test them out one thing that i find is 
a pretty big needle mover for merchants who have subscriptions or, or rebills is adding a VAU and MAU. So MAU and VAU is Visa Account Updater and MasterCard Account Updater. This is something that's offered usually at the gateway level. So your payment processor sometimes offers this, but also if if you don't want to, you know, talk to your payment processor about it, you can just, if you're working with, let's say, NMI, you can just turn it on in NMI and they charge you a per transaction fee. And if you get the information updated, well, you just saved yourself a subscription. You know, you just added to your LTV. And what that does is basically expired cards or anybody who has changed their credit card information, for example, if they cancel the card and open the new one, it will update the information automatically. Simple as that. You just press on in your gateway that you want this tool and all your subscriptions will go through there, the ones that have failed, and will go through the updater. And the updater is basically just going to update the records and you're going to be able to continue rebuilding them. So simple as that. Another tool that's available is ACH. So most gateways will offer you an ACH solution right into the gateway. Like you don't actually have to talk to your payment processor. I mean, there's both options. Um, You could talk to your payment processor or you can, you know, just deal directly with your gateway to get an ACH account. Now you're probably wondering, you're like ACH. I mean, that's kind of something that we don't hear about very much anymore, but uh, again, you know, because of COVID and the pandemic and just people having harder times with their credit and their credit cards and so forth, some consumers just don't have access to credit. They're just not, or they don't want to use their credit card because they're worried about high interest rates and so forth, but they really want to buy from you. So offering ACH is, first of all, a lot cheaper for you because it's it's virtually, you know, 50 to 75% cheaper to process a transaction via ACH than credit card. So why not just offer it at worst case, you can offer it if somebody declines from credit card, you know, have a pop-up, somebody that puts their credit card number, it doesn't work, say, hey, do you want to pay by ACH? Save a couple of, of customers like that or offer even subscriptions by ACH. So ACH has kind of advanced so much in the last 10 years, you can do pretty much the same stuff that you can do uh, with credit card, you can do by ACH. Um, There's also some like cool tools that you can use for ACH because, you know, a lot of merchants, when we speak to them, they're like, oh, you know, with ACH, the thing is I'm shipping a product. Uh, What if I ship the product the next day, then, you know, three, four days later, you know, the, the person doesn't have money in their bank account. And I'm only told three or four days later, which traditionally for ACH, you needed a three to five day delay to verify the account, to make sure that there's actually money in the account. Um, There's some really great new technology and really good providers for ACH that offer same day verification. So one of them is popular one is called Plaid, but you you sign up with Plaid, you pop it into your shopping cart and then you pop in your ACH account there and you get pretty much the same benefits as you get with credit card, but just via ACH. So pretty cool little tip that literally, again, take a couple of maybe an hour or so to kind of get an application started and, and, and get stuff done. It's, it's a lot simpler to get approved for an ACH account than it does, than it is for a merchant account. So again, if you're working with your payment processor or uh, a gateway, you can usually just do like an add-on to an existing service that you already have. So kind of moving along from, from that, we were talking about subscriptions and how to increase your LTV. So right now is, you know, selling one product, one product to one consumer is just, it's a recipe for disaster. I mean, that was something that could have been done um, maybe 10 years ago. Right now, 
most merchants, online merchants, you know, they're offering a couple of upsells, uh, maybe a downsell if somebody refuses one, um, a subscription, bundles, just you just basically trying to squeeze out every possible dollar you can from a consumer. So especially if somebody enters your funnel as a qualified buyer, why not sell them more? I mean, they're it's just foolproof. I'm I'm walking into your store, I'm buying a shirt, well, sell me a pair of shoes, sell me a belt, you know, I mean, complete my outfit. So that's it works the same way if you're if you're selling supplements or if you're selling any like weight loss stuff or you know dating product or you know a biz op whatever it is i mean there's people want to buy from you they're already buying from you they trust you try to sell them something else you know they might you know complimentary product so you know it's always a good idea to do something complimentary like for example you're selling a supplement a weight loss supplement don't try to sell an exercise program. These are not people who are going to want to exercise if they're taking a pill to lose weight. Like think about other supplements that might enhance their experience with their weight loss product, for example. But I mean, you know, there's there's tons of creative ways to think about other products. Again, you know, a little bit of market research, see what your competitors are doing, the big ones, and it'll give you some great ideas. In, in terms of subscriptions themselves, it's important to try to increase your your LTV. Like the longer you can keep somebody in your cycle, if you're doing a monthly rebuild, obviously the, the, the better it is for you because you've already paid for that customer, you've paid for that traffic. So if the person rebuilds three or four or five uh, months in a row, that's just, you know, a uh, cherry on your Sunday. You're just making more money and not investing any more money to acquire a customer. So right now, you know, one common complaint that I'm getting, especially the last couple of months, you know, merchants are calling us and saying, Hey, you know, there's something wrong with my merchant account. My decline rate is 50% or 40% or, you know, a lot more than it was six, 12 months ago. What's going on? We do these analyses for, for, for customers where we're looking at their declines to see if, you know, is there a tech problem? Is there something that we can do to fix this so they can get more sales? I mean, more money. And oftentimes, you know, what we're seeing a lot lately is a lot of people who are declining for insufficient funds. So it's just, you know, your regular consumer is just a little bit cash strapped or is paying off their credit card later or is just having a hard time uh, with their credit. So it doesn't mean that they don't necessarily want or use your product. It just means at that moment when you're trying to capture that money, the 50 or 100 bucks for a supplement you're going to send them, that person does not have money. But that doesn't mean they won't have money next week or the day after. So it's important to think about retrying your your rebills or your subscriptions. The one mistake that I see often is, you know, there's there's these services, they're called decline salvage services, and they're just slamming the card like 15, 20 times before they give up. And there's actually no logic to it. They're just trying and trying and trying. And what's happening there is that you're getting a transaction fee, you're getting slammed with charges and you might even get blacklisted by the, the customer's card because the customer's bank is going to say, why is this merchant just relentlessly trying to get money from this customer if we're telling them that they have no money? So it's it's important to, to be strategic about how you try to rebuild customers. One trick that I use that I find, you know, works well is if a customer declines. So, you know, he bought your product last month 30 days later, you try to rebuild, declined, and it comes back with an insufficient funds message. And most gateways, by the way, can actually uh, be pretty smart in helping you retry the transactions depending on what decline message you get. So it's, it's important to kind of, again, look at your gateway tools and see what's in there. But a lot of them have this option where you can retry 
a subscription that's failed depending on the decline code because you don't want to try something that's come back as a stolen card. I mean, it's a stolen card. You're not going to waste your money uh, and pay transaction fees for that. So if you retry, you try once the customer gets declined, you can try three days later or two days later because you, you need trying the next day is not going to yield the best result. Usually when somebody pays off their credit card, it takes two or three days for it to post and, you know, the balance to kind of get reopened. But why not try, you know, $19.95, like cut the price by like 75%. Why I recommend that is, you know, most people will have 20 bucks available and that'll keep the customer in your cycle. So you charge them $19.95, you send them an email saying, hey, you know, you've been selected for a special promo. This month, you're going to pay only $19.95 for this product. So they they feel good about it. They feel like, hey, look, look, I got this for, for a cheaper, whatever the case is. And then, you know, you, the $19.95 ideally is covering your costs, at least so you're not losing any money. And then the next month, guess what? You rebuild them at full price and they might stay with you an extra three or four months. So you you try to keep the customer in your rebuild cycle as, as long as possible because you you could be able to sell them other things. You can, you know, at least recoup your costs. And the month after if they fail again, for example, you can say, okay, well, this month I'm not going to give it to them at $19.95. I'll give it to them for $49.95. You know, there's, there's different ways you can play around with this, but subscriptions in general, it doesn't cost you much to save the subscription because you've already paid for that traffic. You've already paid to acquire that customer. So just charge whatever you got to charge to keep them in that cycle and try to get them to rebuild for, for more months. You know, and if that doesn't work and you're finding that you're just spending too much time trying to recoup uh, declined rebuilds and so forth, think about, for example, selling bundles. So for example, saying instead of, you know, $79 for the first month and then $79 for every other month. Why not, let's say $149 for a three-month bundle or whatever the case is. Just try to capture that money right at the onset so you can avoid issues with you know insufficient funds and so forth later on. So that's another option. But definitely, you know, the topic of salvaging your your declined rebills is is a huge topic. Uh, I'll probably do an episode on just that uh, at some point in the next uh, month or so. But there's a lot of tricks and things that you can do to recoup your customers and make sure that they don't leave your your rebuild cycle. So try try that 1995 trick or heck you can even try 995 you know if if your product cost or if you're you're selling a digital uh, you know a course or, or something that you're just giving them access to then you know try whatever you have to 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 keep that that conversion there so moving on we're talking about subscriptions and bundles you know upsells this is right now uh, most merchants that we see are losing money on their front end. They're, you know, they'd have like a trip offer, 37 bucks, 47 bucks to try to get the customer in to be able to sell them other products in the back end, uh, either through one-click upsells or just upsells in the sales funnel. Typically, right now it's between two and four that we're seeing. So, you know, you have your initial product, so your 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 front end offer, and then you have two, three, or four different upsells that you offer that complement that customer profile, I guess, to try to make them a more profitable customer, I guess. If if somebody's already proven that they want to buy from you, it's much easier to get them to buy more stuff from you than to convince somebody who's never bought from you. So why not offer upsells and one clicks and uh, different products? Now, obviously on the payment side, there's a couple of angles and a couple of ways that you can do this. You can do 
like a, a shopping cart style thing where, you know, your customers are walking through a shopping cart and adding the products and then at the end get charged a certain amount. Depending on the price points of each of these items, it's not my favorite strategy for charging customers. Uh, the reason for that is you might have like a a one-time charge of let's say $500 on somebody's credit card. They may not have that much money. Their bank may see this as a high-risk product and not allow such a high transaction. So again, another episode on this of like decline messages that are not necessarily because the customer has no money. You know, your customer's bank can decide to say yes or no to a certain purchase. So if you're selling, you know, nutraceutical product and you know, the customer's bank sees this and sees a transaction for $500, they may just say, you know what, this is too much risk. Uh, I might, when I say it's too much risk, it could be too much risk of a chargeback or a dispute or whatever. So they just decline it straight off the bat. So having kind of like a shopping cart style where, you know, there's a big transaction at the end of it will probably decrease your front end conversions. So it's, it's not the greatest strategy. I mean, if your price points are low and you're selling like, you know, $10, $20 products, then that, that could work. But if you're selling higher priced items and you know, the the final price is over, even I would say over a hundred dollars, then you might want to separate it per product. Like Amazon, when you buy a whole bunch of stuff from Amazon, they're just charging you for each product as it ships. So a similar type of thing that you can do there is you can charge per product. Now, when you're doing that, when you're charging per product, if you have four upsells, the customer's credit card is going to get hit four times in like the matter of a minute. Your conversion is is, is going to go down. It's, it's just inevitable. Like credit cards are still kind of built for a card present environment where some customers' banks see this as a potential flag for fraud, meaning why is this merchant trying to charge this customer five times in a row? This just usually doesn't happen. Somebody doesn't go to the store and buy five things and do, does five different transactions. So uh, it's important to try to, let's say, do one or two upsells right away. And then there's a possibility or, or a good option that some some gateways offer and, and or you can do this yourself in your shopping cart, depending on what features you have available. But you can stagger the upsells for the next day. So you have your front end offer at $67, upsell $197, upsell to $147. You get those done. And then the customer goes through the funnel and buys upsell three, upsell four. Reserve upsell three and four and charge it the next day. You're just going to get a lot better conversion because all the charges are not going to go within seconds of each other. Odds are the customer who, who bought three products will have access to funds to buy product three or four. If not, I mean, you can just contact the customer, send them an email or whatever the case is and tell them that they actually did not get access to the product or they're not going to get whatever product that they ordered because their credit card was declined or whatever the case is. I mean, there's ways to, if a transaction doesn't get charged, you're not worried about a chargeback because there was no transaction that happened. So it's a, a more minor issue than trying, attempting five, four or five transactions at a time and then getting slammed with the the declines there. So, I mean, those are kind of combining it to gateway tools and finding powerful technology or, you know, features that you can use to your benefits. So all these things are super easy to implement, matter of hours, and just increase your bottom line so quickly that it's, it's, it's like magic. <laughs> um, I, I love when we put these things in place and, you know, we just make a couple of changes. We help our merchants just make a couple of changes in their checkout process and, you know, 5%. 
you know, that's huge. If even if you're, you're, you're not making, if you're making 10, 20,000, you know, that's 5% extra for very little effort. So why not do it now in terms of, you know, those are the five major tips. There is one extra tip. I'm giving a, a bonus tip here. Um, just because I work with a lot of our merchants, not just on the payment side, I actually also help merchants in their funnel, just kind of optimize their funnel? Are they doing anything that they shouldn't be doing or are they doing, or can they add something that can just make a huge difference? And one of these things or something that I've seen, like I'm just starting to notice some of the big players in the industry, some of the, you know, higher end merchants that are making seven, eight figures a month started doing kind of, uh, I guess we could call it live stream selling. So it's sort of like a QVC style way of selling, but online through social media platforms like Facebook Live or TikTok or Twitch or the different platforms that, you know, your audience maybe might might be more attracted to. So like if you're, you know, if you're targeting an older crowd, for example, doing a Facebook Live um, kind of direct selling where customers can, you know, chime in, say hello, ask a question and, you know, maybe demonstrating the product or answering any questions and just, you know, inciting them to, to right away go and, and buy your product. It's, it's sort of like a new way of doing a VSL. Like we're all used to five or 10 years ago where we had, you know, a customer click on an ad or click somewhere or creative a banner and head onto a page and watch, you know, a VSL that could be 10, 20, 30 or 45 minutes. And then that sells them into buying the product. Well, now this is almost like kind of a new style of VSL. It's a live VSL. So it's it's pretty cool. And I'm seeing a lot of merchants use this very successfully and hire some influencers that have even five, 10,000 followers, just people who are charismatic, who know how to, you know, talk, who know how to engage their audience. And most social media personalities that have a significant amount of followers, they know how to engage their audience. That's what they're good at. So if you get them to do a Facebook Live or an Instagram Live or anything like that, uh, or post a story and, and, and sell directly to your customers and allow them to ask questions and give feedback and a personalized selling experience, it's just, it's converting like crazy for a lot of our, our supplements merchants, especially supplements and, and you know, biz op info products seems to be the, the markets that we're seeing, you know, personally, I'm seeing a lot of merchants do do pretty well with that. So that's just my bonus tip. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with checkout page conversions or payments, but just an interesting trend and, and something that I'm seeing gain a lot of traction in 2021. And, you know, there's a lot of markets outside of the US that are already pretty mature and, and doing this already, specifically in Asia. So check it out, take a look, you know, start Googling, start looking at what everybody else is doing and, and let me know what you think about that live selling and if it's working out for you or if you've tried it. So it's cool. So that's essentially the gist of my uh, trends for 2021 or top tips for 2021. There's a ton of other stuff that, you know, we can recommend. You can contact me directly, mariasparagas.com or go to my company's website, which is directpaynet.com. So that's, um, I think I'm wearing a shirt here, directpaynet.com. And essentially, we, you know, this is what we focus on. We work with merchants, not just to get the merchant accounts, but we also try to help you make more money. Because at the end of the day, anybody, most payment companies can get you a merchant account, uh, but we try to thrive on the fact that we can, you know, increase your profits, increase your sales and uh, and help you achieve more with your business. So please try out these tips. 
uh, test out a couple of things. If you have any questions on how to implement any of these or how these work or examples, if you need to see how, you know, visually how this would look by adding, for example, um, a specific tool like ACH on your checkout page or planet payment, you know, give me a buzz. I'm always happy to, to, to screenshot a couple of examples for you. So it could be, you know, super simple for you to implement. That's about it for today. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy we went over this and we're going to follow up with another episode talking specifically about declines because there's so much we can do there. So I'm definitely excited about kind of diving into declines and subscriptions and so forth and kind of making you a lot more money with the current traffic and the current customers that you have. Thanks again and have yourself a great day. Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, mariasparagis.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-S-P-A-R-A-G-I-S.com. I'd love to hear what you're working on. So drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once.